So my sisters and brothers, we have a very difficult time in our nation and in our world this morning. It just breaks my heart to see what's going on in Israel today. The horrible attacks and counterattacks that are persisting and growing. Our Holy Father said this morning, war is always a defeat. Always a defeat. My brothers and my sisters, we must pray for that land. We must pray for the Palestinians and the Jews today. Somehow, some way, they've got to come to a peace, to a reconciliation, to a living together. So I beg you, make this opportunity as we come together this morning as brothers and sisters who for over 21 years have gone to Israel every year to spend time with our brothers and sisters there. We understand the struggle and the pain. But we pray today in a special way for an end to that confrontation war. It's of no value. And it will destroy them. I talked to Habib Curry, who's a Christian Palestinian Catholic, dear friend of mine, does so many of our tours. And he said to me, he's seen all kinds of things happen, but never anything like this. Nothing like this. It's serious, my brothers and sisters. So we pray for them in a special way today. Thank you. The gospel is going to be a very brief reflection because we have lots of things today, as we always do at the 930 liturgy here at St. Monica. You're not laughing, but it's the truth. <laughs> we have a beautiful gospel to reflect on today. And I think about something that maybe we don't think or talk, at least I don't talk enough about. The owner of the vineyard gives to the tenants this beautiful, precious land and simply asks for them to, to care for it. It's not theirs. But somehow, somehow, the tenants begin to believe it's theirs. That the work that they do, that the tilling of the soil the caring for the land somehow gives them ownership. It's theirs. It's because of them that it grows. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? Oh, yes, it does. That's exactly what we do. We become so possessed that it's ours. And so instead of living in gratitude, we live somehow in righteousness. 
it becomes ours. My brothers and my sisters, today, today is the day for us to give thanks to our God for all that he has given us, for the gifts, the blessings, the struggles, the addictions, all of it, all of it given to us in this loving moment of God's grace and blessing. And all we're asked to do is to be grateful. To believe that God has everything, everything to do with our life. And that we are entrusted as servants of those mighty gifts to be shared and to be given back to our God. Today is a day of gratitude. A day to be conscious of the powerful gifts and blessings that are ours, that we can't claim or own, but are given to us by our God. So we must live in that deep, deep sense of gratitude. If there's one secret that I've come to believe in and in my 84 years, it's to live in gratitude. To wake up every morning with these words. Lord, you have given me, us, so many incredible gifts. Give me one thing more. Give me a grateful heart. It's in that gratitude, my brothers and sisters, that we gather each Sunday in Eucharist in the great prayer of thanksgiving. I beg you, let's pray today for our brothers and sisters in that land, scourged today by war, and let's give gratitude to our God for the gifts, the blessings, that he so abundantly shares with us. Grateful hearts. That's all I got today because we have a wonderful speaker, Christine Garrity, and I want to get this right, Director of Spiritual Care and Engagement. Where are you, Christine? Good. Let's welcome her to St. Monica's today. Thanks, Christine. Thank you. Good to go up here? Okay, good. That's great. I'll be listening. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. It is an honor and a privilege to be with you today, and so I am grateful for this opportunity. So I was asked to share how I came to parish life, and when I was asked that, I naturally started to wonder, because if any of you know me, you know I'm a really curious person and I do a lot of wondering. The first thing that came to mind was, well, let's start at the beginning. Why am I Catholic? Well, it should be no surprise that I'm Catholic, 
coming from a family of Garrity's, Fitzgerald's, Manning's, Keating's, O'Connor's, Landry's, Boucher, Melanson's, and Leger's. Catholicism is clearly in my blood and in that of my ancestors. Faith has been an integral part of my Irish and French-Canadian family's life literally for centuries. Most recently, in this past century, my aunt became a nun. My grandparents were actively involved in the little church I was baptized in in Boston. My parents are both still active leaders in their parishes today. My mother taught and was a principal in Catholic school for years. The family soil and the roots of our faith are indeed quite deep, so it's no surprise that I'm Catholic. But maybe it's more accurate to say it's no surprise that I was born and baptized Catholic. Because as we all know, for anything to grow, including the seeds of faith, we need two things in addition to good soil. We need water and we need light. With the miracle of photosynthesis, with God's great creation, all a plant needs to create food and thrive and grow and produce more life is water and light. And so when you stop to think about it, every day in our backyards, our gardens, our parks, and even in that crack in the sidewalk where the dandelion pokes through, there are miracles happening. There's a fantastic word for this process, this constant move towards life and growth. It's called viriditas, and it's associated most commonly with a brilliant Catholic woman mystic by the name of Hildegard of Bingen, who lived in Germany in the beginning of the 12th century. Viriditas can be translated as greening, life force, drive towards growth. It is true in nature, and it is true in our souls, this potential for the eternal growth we have towards God. Our parishes can and should be gardens in which this soul growth can happen for each of us. Places where we can be watered by the support of others, communities, and institutions, and places where we can receive Christ's light through prayer, the Eucharist, and our shared witness and wisdom. As I share a few highlights from the gardens that I have been fortunate to grow in, I would love and invite you to think about the water and light moments in your own life and why you are here today. The first parish, and I'm gonna date myself and that's okay. The first parish I remember was a classic 70s parish complete with the folk guitar mass in the evening. And it was full of light for me. Even as a child, I could feel the joy in life in our celebration and it was my favorite mass to go to. And it wasn't just because of the music. Even as a young child, I could feel that communal sense of worship, the love and the spirit throughout the church. It let me know and feel what was possible for a parish. But eventually we moved out of the area to a brand new home, which we were excited about. But the parish near our new home was pretty spiritually dry. It is not that this church was a bad place, but it definitely was not a thriving garden. We didn't exchange the sign of peace. There was no sense of joy or life in our worship, and it was rare for parishioners to connect with each other either during or after mass. My little soul hungered for the joy and life it had seen before. That hunger throughout my life has driven me to seek out places where my soul can be fed. 
And so since that time, I have been fortunate to find faith communities that have nourished my soul, and I personally, consciously have worked to make sure those experiences stay alive, not just for me, but for others and for our garden here at St. Monica. So one such place that fed and watered me before I came to St. Monica was the parish I attended in Cincinnati while studying for my doctorate. I felt so spiritually at home there. I received water from my community and my friends. We were at mass together on Sunday evenings and we broke bread together in each other's homes on Wednesday nights. I also received light from the guidance of a wise pastor who invited me to go deeper into interiority and humility and to understand that God does indeed speak in our everyday lives. After additional training in Tennessee and Texas, where I had found good and solid parishes to be in for a while, but not as ideal, I returned to Los Angeles and I started to feel that need for soul water and light again. Everyone I talked to said, go to St. Monica. Really? Go to St. Monica. So I did, I followed directions. I found myself actively involved in our young ministering adults, which continues today to be a vibrant community of young adults who are connected in faith. Back for me, when we were grounded in that faith, we worshiped together, we planned parties, we built houses, we created joy, we had conversations that were sometimes profoundly deep and theological and sometimes just simply fun. The water was flowing again and I was absorbing light and good things were happening. And I think because of that, God was starting to nudge me inside, and I started to recognize it was time for a professional change. I knew from my prayer that I was supposed to be doing something that wasn't just singularly focused. I needed to be doing lots of different activities that, and that would tap into a lot of the different gifts and interests that I have. Remember, I'm curious. I like to do a lot of things. So one day I was doing some volunteering here at St. Monica and I was watching Dallas Alejandro, our director of outreach, zipping around. I think at that moment she had about 40 ministries that she was serving. And it dawned on me, I want to do what she does. It was like literally a light bulb going off. However, I realized that was not going to be possible. St. Monica had no such opening and most parishes don't even have that kind of position. But at least I finally had a clue about what I wanted to do and what God was calling me to. So I kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. Six months later, I opened up my email and I was shocked to see a note from Dallas that had been sent to the thousands of people on her email list. St. Monica was creating a new position, the Associate Director of Outreach and Pastoral Care. My immediate reaction was, I want this job. This is what I've been praying for. God, you have to give it to me. But amazingly, and it's crazy, but it happens to us, then the fear and the doubt started to zoom in. That little part of our brain that, that, that uh, raises questions for us. Would, be the work, would the work be really what I thought it would be? What would my St. Monica friend say? Did I really want my life to change? So I was sitting in that doubt and those questions. I had almost talked myself out of it when Della sent me a second email, just to me, with a job announcement attached, and it had a very short message. I need to talk to you. Call my cell. Because of her watering and encouragement at that moment, the floodgates opened, and all sorts of good things started to happen. 
and I am so grateful to have been able to minister here for the past 14 years. Over these years in the Garden of St. Monica, I have witnessed countless moments of watering and light. With our habitat team in a bar in New Orleans, we listened to a man explain how the support that volunteers like us provided, coming to help build after Hurricane Katrina, was the thing that allowed him to see the light of hope and to stay because he had been ready to pack up and leave. Our bereavement and our ministers and our Stephen ministers are some of the most humble and kind people you will meet. They do extraordinary work accompanying people in the darkest moments of their lives and guiding them towards Christ's light. And 10 years ago, while being treated for cancer, I was showered with abundant watering from this community, which helped me absorb the overwhelming light that God was streaming down on me so that I could continue growing and being a source of life for others. Our garden here at St. Monica is indeed a special place of growth, of greening, of veriditas, of Christ's constant life that we want to share with others. In this garden, we trust that Christ is the ultimate gardener, carefully watching over and tending each and every one of us. But as I have seen through my faith journey, we also are all called to be associate gardeners, to water and support each other, and to share our stories of hope and faith as a source of Christ's light. So I'm wondering, remember, I am a curious person. I am wondering that now, each and every one of you, as a newly appointed associate gardener, What's your plan this week to share water and Christ's light with others? I cannot wait to see the garden that you are going to help grow. Thank you and have a blessed week.